What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast. I'm excited you joined me today because we have an incredible guest. Guys, with us today is Raul Hernandez, and I am stoked to introduce you to him because he's a digital growth operator and strategist. He knows how to influence top-line revenue and bottom-line profit by aligning your marketing product and operations for growth. He's helped agencies with millions in revenue, design revenue teams that produced 50 millions in sales, been responsible for over 25 million in direct response and ad spend and led teams across 12 time zones. Guys, do not miss this episode. We are going to have a ball. Let me cue the intro and we will jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Raul, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to have you on the show. Yeah, what an intro. Business choreo, here we go. Rock and roll. Thanks, man. All right. We got to dig in, man. Like everybody knows, I love backstory. I love being able to get in and chat about all the cool things that you're doing, all the cool things that you've been doing, and uh, how you got to the point where you've made such an impact. So we got to start from the beginning and kind of work our way through. Tell us about your journey. Tell us about the ups and the downs and how you got here today. And and the hurdles, yeah. Well, I think uh, what what year? 23, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Starting and failing multiple ideas back in college and school, incubators, startup, trying to do software, connecting, et cetera. Fast forward, uh, post-graduation, worked my way through school and uh, joined an online program to figure out how to create a software remote. Uh, and that was pretty the hot rage, connected with members or students across the globe. And from there, I met a, a buddy of mine. We worked, uh, we collaborated together and decided to start a a company, and it turns out that the market that uh, we were aiming towards needed more marketing help. So we figured that out, created a little service, started selling it, producing, got me out of the corporate gig. Uh, and then we were growing to the point where like, wait, we're actually growing an agency and we personally wanted to be the practitioners, at least I did. And we just parted as friends. And from there that helped me join other agencies online. And uh, one was doing an acquisition merger. And long story short, helped leading that team. Uh, to the point where I was uh, leading or partnering with, uh, pretty much working with a leading thought leader in the space and coached, uh, trained clients, ran uh, ran that team, that uh, entire company. And then from there, uh, a new agency took over and I helped scale that one. It wasn't alone. Like every, every, no, all those numbers is not by yourself. Like no right. one can do that on their own. <laughs> right. There's a lot of smart people and a lot of hard work. Uh, behind that but we almost tripled in a year and then a coach at the time told me hey you should write that down (laughs) what do you you mean write that down it's like just write your insights like why uh that anyways fast forward that turned to a book uh the first book and then from there i started doing more coaching and consulting and i started figuring out what's the difference between a coach and a consultant and a coach asks the right questions to lead people and a consultant just gives you the answers but i wanted to be more uh practitioner actually in the game while right. at the same time being able to see the strategy at a high level. So now I'm focusing on strategy and operations 
and, and everything dealing with revenue and uh, member or user experience. And here we are and still on the path, still going and uh, excited to talk to you. Oh my gosh. Gosh, I, I know that is the simple version. And so we're going to dig into that a bit because holy cow, what a, what a journey. And I know there were some, there's, there had to have been some just crazy times during that. I mean, what, let's go back to the part. You, you said something really uh, key. You said, I got out of the corporate, the corporate gig. And, uh, and, <laughs> and I want to know a little bit about that moment and that time period about getting out of the corporate space and, and really jumping out on your own, because I think that's a, a key moment. And, and I think we all have sort of some experiences around that, that we can relate to. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, definitely obviously scary because it's real entrepreneurship. I learned what stress actually meant when I started uh, diving in full time. I needed to figure out to weight lift and get that stress out in, in, in simple formats. Um, in retrospect, I think the, the key thing is focusing on the right daily habits. If you have the right habits every single day and you show up and you take action and you execute on those, then you can have the right momentum. But in the beginning, I'm still figuring out what the heck am I, are supposed to be the daily habits. What are the most important things to focus on? I was still super green. Uh, but we had clients, uh, we supported them. And I just delved in so much into the, um, I would call it that, that would be my like education phase. Like I learned an immense amount about the marketing, the not the opportunity, but the opportunity for growth. And those lessons, those key str uh, strategies and frameworks I use still to this day uh, to, to implement because principles don't change, but it was definitely, it was definitely, um, it's a leap. And I'm really grateful for my good bud who told me that, Hey, we'll make it work. And, uh, so we made it work. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You said something about, uh, figuring, you know, having the correct daily habits and figuring mm -hmm. that out and trying to get into that space. You also, mentioned weightlifting to, to kind of that you had in there. I, I'd love to know about what your daily habits are now in the, in the latter period of time after you've kind of figured it out and, and oh yeah, these days. So, I mean, there's, there's personal habits. So every, the, one of the frameworks to backtrack, one of the frameworks that I look at when I develop or scale or, or educate on companies is a core operations strategy or framework within there. We look at all the key activities or the key drivers of a company. And when you break it down, it's pretty simple. Like running a business isn't complicated. It's not easy, but it's not very complicated. Right. Some people try to make it complicated. But when you break those down, you can identify what are the key leading indicators or leading things that produce an outcome and just focus on those. And then from there, identify what are the activities or habits either I have to do, someone else has to do, or a machine has to do to support those. And when you tie those things together, it's just like creating a machine. So personally, you can identify that for your own habits. How do I take care of my mind? How do I take care of my soul? How do I take care of my body? How do I take care of my business? Um, so for me, the daily habits, I have it written down like an habit tracker if you want me to read it. Um, but there's uh, it's 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 uh, spirit, mind, body, and then focusing on uh, for the business front, I focus on three very specific things, writing or creating something new and being able to, to write or formulate that can become any form of content, any form of education, a new book or whatever. Relationship building. I think the, the key thing with business, or at least in my line of work, it's building real authentic relationships, not a spam approach, not the whole, 
you know, hit a hundred thousand people and hope one says yes. Like that's not really the goal. Uh, and then the third is on um, continual building something new in terms of business growth. If that's writing a new sales page, a sales letter, or like something that drives a revenue forward. And that consistently, those three things doesn't sound like a lot, but consistently over time it does build up. Right. And it also makes the days that are very difficult. It's like if we just do these one thing per category, you're, you're making progress. I love it. I, it's so valuable. Each of these things, I, <laughs> I want to touch on, on each of the things that you just said for just a minute and, and just dig in a bit. Uh, so you talked about writing and creating something new. Uh, he was talking to my kids uh, and, and just talking about how AI was changing their world and their perspective on things. And, and my son pointed out that they just, they don't write anymore. They don't pick up a pen mm. or a pencil and they don't write. They do everything in Word docs and Google and they type everything. And, and he's like, no, I just, I, I, don't write ever. And I thought, man, I think there's something really valuable about that. But talk to me about the writing element of it, like, uh, and just maybe some of the insights you have from your experience doing that and having that as part of your daily routine. Well, I'm, I'm practiced to try to make it part of the daily routine. Some days, you know, we, we sure. have to be honest. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, I don't try to sound smarter than I actually am. So I, I, anything that I say or teach is usually written down already. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the whole idea, the whole idea is around identifying. It has to have a purpose or a right. goal. Sometimes you have reflective writing. Sometimes you have uh, inspired writing. Sometimes you just have, hey, here's a, something that worked. I should document that. So just so I can put it on paper and refer back to it later. And you can find out that you can use these little tools that you create mental tools in the future. I do write digitally. Uh, I have a personal journal, but it's, you know, it's separate from the digital writing. But I think it's important because everything is words. Thinking is words. Communication is words. Creating strategies, words. Working with other human are words. And I think with the rise of AI, there's only two, well, not only two, but there's two major components that I see happening in the future as the most valuable pieces. It's the thinking or the strategy and the facilitation and execution and proper execution of that strategy. So come to think of it, the hands or the doing or the button pushing is becoming less and less valuable. Now that's gonna piss some people off because it does affect real jobs. However, if you think about it, if, if a technology or a tool can do the doing better, faster, right. cheaper, it's going to happen anyways. So what is, what is the most important piece? It's the strategy or the tactic of what you're actually going to plan out and why you're doing it. And right. then from there, having real humans or real people facilitate and put that into actuality because a strategy has potential, but it doesn't have actuality. You've got to put it into actuality. And from there you can hire the right resources or use the right tools to execute. Right. I love that. Guys, those of you that are listening, make sure you pause and take some notes because this is great stuff. Man, it's going to change your world. Um, I want to dig into the next thing you said, which is building relationships. And, and I love that. I, we have uh, since learned on our journey that that's an important element. And it, it isn't always our favorite thing 
Uh, those that know me and have been around, I'm a former professional ballroom dancer and you had to network a lot and you had to be in that game and be known. And and it was something that we were like so tired of when we finally retired and because <laughs> we were tired twice over. Uh, but uh, but then in, in the business world, we, we knew it was important, but we suffered turning off that element of our, mm. of our business and not doing the relationship building. And I think it was, you know, it, was, it wasn't too long after that we realized, gosh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> like we, <laughs> we really can't not have that element in our business. So I love that you said that. And we, we do it now. We have a system and a process for doing it on a regular basis. And people are so surprised. It's, it's, it's really interesting to me that people are so surprised. They're like, so what are you trying to sell me? And I'm like, nothing. Just thought I'd build a relationship. Yeah. And they're like, what? It's like, yeah. Like, well, nowadays, yeah. Right. That's yeah, crazy. It's a little different. Right. But talk, talk to us a little bit more about, about your experience and, and uh, knowledge about building relationships and the importance of it. Well, I think, I mean, not the, the obvious is that the more relationships you have, the more connections to opportunity, I right. think if you look at the like a network web, uh, whatever you, I mean, you have to have intentions or behind it, but it's never always to close or just to, to sell right. something on the first call. I mean, that was <clears> the point of that. Right. I think I would make it akin to, you know, how they say, if you love what you do, it doesn't become work. It's almost like really fun. Right. Right. So if you align the people that you connect with to a goal or an outcome that's aligning for their growth and your growth right. and you're helping them, then it, it actually becomes fun to help people. I mean, that's. Right no business in the world doesn't exist to help people right. like every business if you think about it too like if you have a thought experiment like how does my vet taking care of my dog help me well i have an emotional attachment to the dog or at least my wife does <laughs> but you know that, that's a bad joke but the whole idea is every single business supports a human one way or another takes care of their mind takes care of their body takes care of their business or that that third entity they created with their mind so the whole idea is building relationship is to get to know the right kinds of people to open up or produce new opportunities. And there's usually two types of relationships. And I usually talk about this when I uh, give CEOs their habits. It's you can either build a one-to-one -one relationship or you can build a one-to-one-to-many relationship. So a one-to-one-to-many is if you're, this is a, we're doing a partnership strategy for one of our teams. And a partnership strategy is we're trying to lock in the current product or offering that they have to another business or another entity to make it more valuable and to cross-pollinate, et cetera. However, that only begins through real relationships and contacts. But when you make that relationship with that one person, then you open the door to make relationships with thousands of others. And those are leveraged relationships. But if you go in the game of using other people as a utilitarian, it really runs the opportunity, the idea around that, because uh, your approach does matter on how you approach business, how you approach relationship building. Right. That makes, makes so much sense. I love it. I also want to talk a little bit about building new growth and hmm. your perspective on, on that element. I know that sometimes it's easy as a, as a business owner to get locked into just doing what you need to do to keep up. And I think I really resonated with that element of like, hey, build something new, something that drives revenue and, and work on that. And and thinking about that from a daily perspective, I think there's some really great value. And I'd love to hear about how you look at it and how you approach that. 
typically so for driving growth always requires more energy and more right. output you know creation's a messy thing right so if you're going to add to what you're currently doing because right now you have your daily habits i need to respond to clients i need to do xyz i need to whatever the daily quote-unquote mundane tasks to run the ship but now you're trying to build something new so the, the the ship is always sailing but now you're trying to create a new bridge a new map or whatever you're trying to build that takes extra energy but that also takes intention of what you're trying to build and it all starts by design right so there's no right or wrong answer it's like okay here this is where you're at right now where do you want to go and why what's the design for that I'll give you a real example a client came uh came to me six weeks ago and we were talking about the current company that they have they're doing really well lean team doing you know millions they want to triple and when they want to triple it's like okay why but how does that look like for you as a business owner he doesn't want to triple and be stuck in the day-to-day -day or stuck right. fulfilling on more obligations so that intention of setting the proper you know future of the vision does influence the design of what you're building for the future as well as the strategies that you'd have to develop to execute and build and to fulfill on that future. But it all begins to where you're at right now. Why do you want to grow where you want to grow? Because some people don't have to grow. Like that's right. that might sound counterintuitive. You can coast, not the coast, but you can do really well. Right. Maintaining and enjoying and looking at what do you value in life. I do love that. I want to kick back to something you said earlier. <clears throat> And just touch on it a bit because I, I, I really love the idea of growth and strategy and, and that side of it. We play in that space a lot and, and love the topic. So I want to dig in. You had said, I, someone else, or a machine, right? Gets, mm -hmm. Is it for me? Is it for someone else? Is it for a machine? I want to actually start from the back end of that and talk about the machine side because I, I feel like there's so much that can be done to automate and and get some of the machine doing the work. And I feel like there's a whole lot of entrepreneurs right now in the world that are still in that space where they're, they're feeling like it's either got to be I or someone, but they mm -hmm. haven't quite crossed over to the machine side. So talk more about your experience with that and and getting to that space. I had an interesting conversation actually Wednesday with a friend who was on the pod and he was taught, he, he runs a software company and his statement or point of view is everyone runs a SAS, but some people decide to fulfill it with humans. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. Just think right. about that for a second. Right. You have a SAS right now. And if you look at your business that way, you could transform it. So, but there, there is more to it. It's typically, that framework is to operationalize your business and identify what needs to be done by whom. Technology can take over everything. Right. And usually when it comes to pivotal inflection points of working with other humans where an emotion is involved, typically sales, typically relationship, like a, a robot's not going to replace that. Right. And a lot of people say that, well, like either they've never been in a conference and hung out with people in real life or they've never gone, you know, like gone out to dinner with like fun friends. So like, right. so there's a difference that a robot can't do that. But the whole idea of identifying what in your business makes sense for you to do, it's again, being respectful of your time, being respectful of your team's time, but then also leveraging what are the opportunities based on your current situation, cash flow, constraints, constraints create opportunity. And then from there, marrying that to the strategy of where you want to grow. So again, that's a simple framework to begin with. Um, 
but again, it, it needs more meat or flesh on the bone to be able to develop real strategy. It's just how you look at the business as a whole. I love that. And I, and, and you kind of segued for me into talking about the relationship side. And obviously we're in the era <laughs> of everybody, you know, getting, getting down with uh, AI and yet there is that element of, of one-to-one and, and where there's an emotional context that mm-hmm. AI isn't really going to be able to replace. And I know there's a lot of fear mongering around that idea of AI is going to replace everything. And it's like, well, actually, you know, I, I heard uh, the other day that, uh, this one business, their sales cycle was two years to the sale from in inception. Now it was, it's a very high ticket item, a private mm-hmm. jet, but it's still a two year sales cycle from when they get that, that person engaged. And, you know, that's a commitment to the process and that's an understanding that it's, that it is really about the relationship and about the, the overall whole and, and, it's easy to forget, but we, we all know as business owners, people buy from those that know, like, and trust them. And this is huge. You got to build that along the way. And and I'm sure, you know, you, what can you add to that? Cause I know, we know we are in that same path together and understanding. Yeah. No. So when you look at a business as a whole, and I didn't um, like a course and analysis of, of AI and implement, then I'll give you real stories. Right now, it can support and facilitating front-face marketing, front-facing sales, but it won't replace entirely. It can facilitate and or it can help produce faster, better outcomes or outputs or assets. When it comes to the back-end fulfillment support, that can definitely be automated. Fulfilling the processing, the tools of you got the signatures in, cool, the process for them to ship to ship to the right team members, the right approvals, the right development to order, the, the, whatever the private jet process is, right, to to sign the lease or to sign the the purchase. So front end can be somewhat automated. It can help the team produce more at lower costs and higher quality. And the back end can definitely be automated when it comes to the fulfillment piece. Now, when it comes to relationship on the back end, once you uh, you can't you can't automate, you can't replace that. But you can start identifying your business. Where can I place these right technologies? Um, you know, and looking at and looking at it as a whole. However. The key is also there will be aversion to using this technology. I'll give you a real example of a team right now that we're identifying their uh, creative production team. So they do uh, their uh, their their marketing agency, and they have a part a production team that produces content, creative, etc. Right now, the current uh, workload and bandwidth and hours are really high because it's just humans working on the on the outputs. However, if we start implementing the right tools to support uh, each individual, they can produce more work and higher quality work faster and cheaper now will some people have an aversion to it i think absolutely i think uh, ai is and it's the problem with the term ai too it's it's a tool right it's not a person but this tool will start supporting and facilitating and even replacing white collar jobs as well and we're seeing that with anything that looks backwards to create something new what it can't do is create possibilities of what is potential it can't think in the abstract it can't create something that's net new that didn't exist before right which is which is interesting however that requires us as thinkers as strategists as uh, employees as team members to level up it's not a scarcity where it's taking away it's an opportunity where it's adding to and giving you a different horizon to look around what are the skill sets and the value that i need to develop in order to leverage this to do better and become more valuable right that's great 
Talk to me a little bit about what it would look like to have somebody come and work with you. And there's people listening right now that are thinking, gosh, oh, I, that sounds interesting. And I, and I think I'd like to maybe get engaged and figure out how to work with role and maybe uh, get in. So what would that look like? Give me a kind of a step-by-step -step of, all right, I'm interested. What's the first step? What do we do? What's that look like? No, the first step is always discovery, seeing if there is a right fit in alignment. And then from there, if there is a right fit, it always starts with a growth plan. Right. Nothing ever starts without the strategy. So this is a compact strategy to align. Where do you want to go? What is the revenue engine you need to have to do that? What does the backend engine look like for you to fulfill that? And what's the design model? So it's taking into account revenue goals, fulfillment, operations, and marketing and sales. So everything combined together into a compact plan and the, the cool thing about the plan is if you don't love it, you don't pay. That's the whole idea. Cool. So it's a, there has to be a two-way street there. But from there, clients either A, take that, run with it, and implement it. And like they're humming and running. Others need support in building out teams to support that or fulfill that or need support on the execution front. Remember the two key things, thinking and facilitating execution. The hands, the button pushing, that that's becoming less and less it's still important, but it's going to be, it's going to only to become more commoditized. And it might be three years ahead of myself here, but I just see where this is going. Right. Um, but that's typically the, the, how I work with clients and it always begins with strategy. I love it. I, I'm a huge fan. Love that side of it and beginning with that strategy. It's, uh, I always, I always refer back to my dance days and, and say, Hey, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go out and compete in a competition without, putting together the routine first, that would be ludicrous, you know, yeah. but I see business owners do it, you know, in startups all the mm -hmm. time, they're, they're coming in going, well, let's just go. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what is it? Ready, ready, fire, aim or something. Ready, fire, yeah. That's popular. I get it. You need activity. Creation is an, an, an immense amount of activity. However, I, I do like having a compass or at least a target to hit. Um, but oh, I also yeah. wrote the everything in the growth plan. Like everything that I do for clients is in a book format. So like if if you're not ready for that, I can give your listeners free free access to the book. So cool, cool. Well, so how do they find you? How do they get connected? What's the best way to to go and and get the process started? Absolutely. So the best place would be the website. So do good work. Io. That's for input output forward slash bc. You'll get access to all the resources and we'll link up uh, link up the book there as well and cool. everything for you to take action on. I love it. And that's that's huge. And I love that you said that at the end because we we're all about taking action, right? You gotta take action. Some of these things, some of you are there going, Okay, I'm writing it down. That's really cool. I wanna do something with it, and it's all about taking action. So yeah. you'll head over to do goodwork.io slash BC and uh and take Raul up on, on these great things that he's prepared for you because for goodness sakes, why not? First of all, <laughs> second of all, you need them. Um, anyway, Raul, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super stoked that you came and spent some time with us and shared with us your wisdom and your knowledge from your journey. Uh, any last words for our audience that, uh, that we can leave them with? Information without action is vanity. Information with action is wisdom. I love that. I love that. That is a great quote. Is that is that quote Raul or is that 
uh, I just came up with it right now. Probably someone else thought about it long ago. I don't know, but there you go. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep that in mind. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us today on business choreography. And don't forget, keep working on your choreography. It's important. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.